0: hello everyone and welcome back to into the fray as always i'm daniel marable i'm eli kleinman and today we've got a nice lineup of topics uh the draft's coming up we're we're in the home stretch fellas nba is winding down the season it's come you know some teams are gonna start you know exerting less effort some are gonna amp up that effort for the playoffs but we're closing in on the draft really i mean It's only a few months away, so we'll be talking about the pros and cons of declaring for the NBA draft. If you're that borderline first-round pick kind of guy, we will move on to do, you know, we started with 2010 of our redrafts. We are now on the 2015 redraft, and then we will finish things out with Under the Spotlight. This week, we decided to go with Texas A&M. All right, so our first topic of today... We'll, we'll be looking at the pros and cons of declaring for the NBA draft. Not, you know, if you're Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, that's a given. But if you're a guy like Johnny Juzang, so if you're a borderline first round pick, you know, do you do it? What do you think, Eli? I think, I mean, I think, you know, as, as
1: disappointing as this answer may be to me as a college basketball fan, the answer is yes. And, and, I mean, I think for the most part, the answer is yes. I mean, there are definitely examples of players who have come back and succeeded. But look at someone like Dante DiVincenzo, who left after an excellent March Madness. You know, he he was not going to be picked in the first round, but he turned himself into an NBA player. What I will say is I think another year in college can help these players become better NBA players. So, like, I think, you know, long-term, the answer is probably yes, it is better to come back to college. Short-term, the answer is no.
0: Yeah. Um, Before I go into it, you know, I'd like to point out that it's obviously a personal decision, you know, for the players and their families. And I don't want to come across as though I'm like telling these guys what to do. I'm just, you know, we're trying to weigh in pros and cons, you know, when it comes to deciding whether or not to take that next step. So I'm going to sit here and, you know, try to put myself in their shoes. So let's pretend I'm not 5'7 anymore. I'm a basketball star. What am I doing if I'm a fringe first-round pick? What do I do? You know, do I declare and risk being a second-round pick, or do I stay another year, maybe, you know, develop a little bit more? But it's an easy decision. You're right. Honestly, I'm taking the chance. I'm risking it. I'm betting on myself and declaring. Because look at look at it this way. You're still getting drafted. If, if you're a bubble guy for that first round, you're, st- you're going to get drafted. You know, not as highly as you'd like. But, you know, being in the NBA is being in the NBA. You know, it doesn't matter what pick you are unless your contract isn't guaranteed. But if you're high enough, I mean, being in the NBA is being in, in the NBA. And like you said, short term, you get the money. And going back to college is a huge risk. Yes, it might sound nice to, we talk about UCLA this year. You know, It might be nice for Johnny Juzing to run it back and, and try to win a championship or... You know, showcase your skills and your improvement from the off season, but but what if what if you get injured? I mean, there's so many risks. Like, what if you regress? Maybe you bet on yourself and you you just can't live up to the season before. And so, I think the risk outweighs any possible rewards in the situation. And and like you said, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But this is this is the way the NBA is trending. And you're more valuable when you're younger now. And you're more valuable even if you're still a little bit raw. that's what NBA teams like to see. So it's just not in your favor to go back and and try to become better. So many things could happen.
1: Sure but I will say this you know you mentioned the word you know betting on yourself. I think if you want to bet on yourself you go back to college. Like I think that's actually betting on yourself. here's why. the difference from someone who gets drafted 23rd overall, someone who gets drafted in the top five is about six to eight million dollars per season that's a lot of money if you can wait one year and instead of getting paid around two million dollars get paid around eight million dollars year one you're basically making everything you'd make in that 23rd pick contract for your rookie deal in one season that's betting on yourself it doesn't happen all that often but frankly it, it can make a huge difference now yeah. the, there is another point about 22 year olds don't get drafted as much we're not talking about people who stay until they're seniors we're talking about maybe freshman to sophomore sophomore to junior you know the difference is a year it's not it's not freshman or staying forever so i think that's an interesting distinction but i think betting on yourself is staying in college because You know the truth is is and I don't want to nitpick your words but I just think you know when you're betting on yourself to get paid more in the long run you're not getting paid right now you're betting on yourself to stay healthy yeah there are risks but you know the future is bright I mean here's a great example Isaiah Mobley has an interesting decision to make I think he'll get drafted in the second round if he declares I do I I think he has that much potential but He's not ready for the NBA. He's going to be on a, in, on the G League team or a two-way contract at best. If he comes back and he put did what he did in the NCAA tournament all season, which will be hard, but it'll happen. It could happen. Well, it will. He, he could get picked in the water. I mean, he, he was a five-star commit. He, he, was, mm-hmm. he was a top commit. He can shoot the three. We saw that. He knows how to... F- get inside, he just needs to work a little bit on his finishing. But as he is able to finish and play defense like he has this season, he could be a lottery pick. I mean, that's how good of a player he is. You know, a, a, a big man who can shoot a three, he shoots it better than his brother. And his brother's going to be a top two pick. He can dribble, very much similar to his brother.
0: Reminds me of so, Al Horford a little yeah. bit. He's in that mold. So you know, he's an
1: interesting example because if he comes back and did what he did in the NCAA tournament, he'll be in the top, and he'll be a lottery pick.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart. I think you know, this is not a, a one-size-fits-all. You have to look at each player individually. Everyone's situation is different. So I looked, it's funny you bring up Isaiah, I, I brought up Duke's Matthew Hurt, um, and I think he's in a similar situation. And he did, he ended up declaring earlier this week, and, and I thought he would, But but let's say he returns to Duke for his junior season. There's less opportunity with the great incoming recruiting class Duke has and they always have. So the and there's always the possibility of injury. You can't count that out. And let's say I mean he had a fantastic season. He was practically automatic from 3. He averaged 19 points. He was the saving grace of that team, only bright spot the whole season. But let's say he doesn't show enormous improvement or let's say he regresses a little bit. Maybe he averages only 14 next to Paulo and uh, A.J. Griffin, what NBA team is going to be willing to take a chance on a junior guy who hasn't shown improvement?
1: Well, of course. I mean, that's always the risk, but, you know, it's about betting on yourself. Right now, he's projected to be a middle second-round pick. So, you know, it's not like he's going to be into the greatest situation, you know, once you get into college, you know. But it is an interesting point you bring up, and an example of that is Ivan Rabb. And I'm not saying he would fare any better in the NBA today had he left his freshman year. But he was going to be a lottery pick in all likelihood, maybe a late first round pick, but certainly a top pick. And he decided to come back for another year, and of course he fell to the second round and bounced around the NBA a little bit. And you know, it's but but I'm not sure the bouncing around the NBA would have changed. Had he stayed, gone right to the NBA? See, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily helps you to leave earlier in terms of what your NBA career looks like. I think it actually may hurt. But I think, in general, it can just help your draft stock.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I say I lean towards declaring while you're basically guaranteed to get drafted instead of risking it and attempting to to raise. I mean, you talk about, but I mean. Are you trying to raise your draft position by like 10 spots? It, it can make a difference, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure it makes that big of a difference. I just, I just don't think it's worth it. And it's a bummer because I love college basketball. I'd love to see guys stay two, three years, but that's the harsh reality of the NBA at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a big decision to make and It's not an easy one, but you know, these players make it and you know, they have to live with it. So, you know, it's a big decision, And, you know, a lot of it does come down to money at the end of the day. But let's move on to our 2015 mock draft for players who definitely did get drafted or didn't, um, depending on who's here. And let's start it off. I'll let you
0: go one. Yeah. Number one, Timberwolves, they're on the clock. I've got them sticking with Carl Anthony Towns first overall. Unfortunately... It hasn't worked out so far. It sucks. With Towns and the Timberwolves, it just... Something about it. And they have the talent. They have a good team. They've had good teams. It just doesn't click. But but I still think he's the most talented player from this draft. By a significant margin. Maybe it's it's closing. But he's... I don't know. He's probably one of the most offensive... Uh, offensively talented players not great defensively but he's one of the greatest center shooters probably of all time and I just don't see a big enough reason to pick anyone else here I think they've still got a small window where they can work with him and maybe build off of D'Angelo Russell Anthony Edwards maybe they'll have another high lottery pick this year and you can hope to build from that but he's just so talented Uh, I don't think you can pass on that
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly I would agree Cat is my number one pick in this draft. He's he's the best player in this draft, and I think it's by a sizable margin, frankly, if we're going to be honest. You know, he, he just, he is that good of a player. He's a center who can do it all. He's in a bad situation on a really bad team. And, you know, let's see what they do this year. If they get a draft pick, they need to finish in the top three. Otherwise, it goes to Golden State. So it'll be interesting to see if he can
0: add something. And no question is, will he request a trade if he can't? That is the question. That's I think that's the question of the offseason. I think he'd be the biggest name available if that happens.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, so we'll see. But I can take on number two. I think we have a consensus number two pick. It is a Kentucky teammate of his. Devin Booker, you know everything you want in an NBA scorer now is what Devin Booker is. You know, he's not exactly a great defender, not really at all, but, you know, he's a scorer, and that's what you're looking for in the NBA today. He can score off the dribble. He can score catch and shoot. So he can do just about everything you need scoring. Obviously, he's put up huge numbers scoring. He put up over a 60-point game. So, you know, Devin Booker is certainly a threat scoring the basketball every time he touches in, and that's why he's a clear number two pick.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. The, let's not forget, this was the Kentucky draft. This was the year they were super hyped up, undefeated. Duke won that year, Jaleel Okafor. Okay, so they had Towns, Booker. I think they had Lyles, Willie Cauley-Stein. They had a ton of guys go pretty high up in this draft. Um, but like you said, Lakers second overall. It's got to be Booker here. I can't believe he fell to 13. Um, but B- Booker is, I think, by far the second best player to come out of this draft. A- and I actually really like him ending up with the Lakers here and-, and playing under, this was, I believe, Kobe's last year, and playing under Kobe for even just a year because I think they do have relatively similar play styles, and I think that could be really beneficial for a young shooting guard who I, th- I believe he did uh, look up to Kobe a lot. So I really like that fit.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: So let's move on to number three. I think we differ here. 76ers yes. at three. I've got them going with D'Angelo Russell. And and here's where I do think we see a, a pretty significant drop-off in talent. He, D'Lo's still talented. He, he's not a bad player. I just – there's something about him. I just don't see him reaching that elite level or becoming an all-star again. Like we saw where he – I don't – I. Refused to say lead because he didn't really lead that Brooklyn team. He, he was their best player, but they had, they had a really good team that year. Uh, but I just don't see him ever reaching an all-star level again. Uh, I, I think about it. He's been in the league now six seasons, and he's already played for four different teams. I know it's not all his fault, but that's never good. Um, Anyway, I, I the reason I have him here at three is because the 76ers, they did not need another big man. They had this thing where for like a few years straight, they drafted a ton of big men that Really never worked out until Joel Embiid a few years later. But they had Joel Embiid, I think New Orleans Noel they traded for. A bunch of big men did not work out. and, that, and They took Okafor, we saw how that turned out. Um, so they had Embiid, and he, uh, he was injured. We know how good he is now, so you don't want to take another big man. What they really needed was a point guard, like a facilitator. And Russell's a pretty good one. And I do. I think he'd even fit on the roster now pretty nicely. He can play on ball, he can play off ball, and I, I do kind of, I kind of like the fit of him with Simmons, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that, so I think this is actually the perfect fit right here.
1: Yeah, I I don't agree here, D'Lo is not necessarily the right fit, and frankly, the 76ers at that time just needed to focus on taking the best player available, forget, forget trying to be cute within picking the right I know, wait, 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 but I
0: cringe. I cringe at an an Embiid and Porzingis lineup. It doesn't matter. I I don't care. uh,
1: Like, that's not the point. The point is, is, you know, you use Porzingis to trade him away if you don't want him. I mean, you know, he can get you value. So but Christoph Sporzingis is the right pick here. You know, this season he's averaging a sneaky 20 points and nine rebounds per game. I mean, you know, he's having actually a nice season compared to what people think, and this is a player who doesn't average 19 points per game usually, and he averages under eight rebounds. He's shooting better from three than he has in his career. He's shooting better from the field than he has in his career and better from the free throw line. I mean, his offensive stats are better than his career average. So I think you need to look at that. I think... It's impressive what he's doing right now. You know, he also is playing alongside one of the best players in the NBA. So, you know, to do that is impressive. He's the right pick. He can play alongside players. If Philadelphia decided they didn't want him, they could trade him away. That's their choice. But he's the right pick. He provides the most value here at number three.
0: All right. Well, your three is my four. I've got the Knicks picking Porzingis again. Uh, I think the Knicks made the right decision on draft night. Even though the fans were not happy about that, Tingus Pingus, uh, they were not happy for for quite a while until he came onto the court and he was a he's a great player. So I'm sticking with that pick. And the truth is, looking back, they gave up they gave up on him way too soon. And I know that there were some allegations off the court. He he went stormed in. He's like, get me out of here. But but still, I mean, they traded him away basically for nothing when you're looking back that centerpiece of the trade was I believe Dennis Smith Jr. that didn't work out but okay just imagine him on this team right now I, especially in the midst of a of a playoff push uh it could have been a scary team and the reason I have I think it's close to Russell and and Porzingis I think it's closer than you're making it out to be um but the injuries are concerning I, I mean he's a 7-footer he's going to have you know, knee problems. It's concerning. But but I'm willing to take the risk at four. The Knicks, it worked out while he was there. He's, he's talented. He deserves to be a top five pick.
1: It may have worked out while he was there, but it didn't work out long term. And that's why the Knicks, who, with Perzingis already off the board, are going to select D'Angelo Russell. You know what? D'Angelo Russell has just been on the unfortunate side of some unfortunate moments. You know, obviously the Nick Young Swaggy P moment in the locker room—not a pretty one. That's why he ultimately got traded. I mean, he wasn't a great player, but that—that—that's the reason. You know, he's a good player. He's a good scorer, frankly. And the Knicks could have used someone who could just score the basketball a little bit. Porzingis can't really do that in the same way a guard can. So, you know, it, it was D'Angelo Russell's uh, position. You know, he, he would have been a good fit here, obviously, falling two slots lower than he originally went. Uh, but let's move on to number five. And this is going to be a surprising pick to some, but Montres Harrell is my number five pick. I mean, he, he really, he was the 32nd pick in the draft. He's been a great player off the bench for the Clippers. He's made an impact with the Lakers. I know you don't like it, but your pick's not all that much better. So, you know, when you look at it, he's a difference maker. He's been on some good teams. Frankly, he's been on just as many good teams as the player you're about to pick here. So don't give me an argument about winning. He makes a difference. He's a difference maker. He's a good big man in this league right now. Montres Harrell is the right pick.
0: No, And you know what? He's a good player. I'm not hating on him. He's a a high-energy player. Serviceable backup big, and that's it. He's a good player. I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, questioning his his talent, but the fifth pick, the magic, no, 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 no. Mantras Harold going fifth in a redraft. He, oh, okay, hey, give us a your back, fifth There's a let's let's look at it this way. There's a give, reason. Give there's a reason pick. he doesn't start. Give us your fifth pick. Okay, Andrew. my 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 fifth pick. Don't I actually really like this pick. I have the magic picking Terry Rozier, the, and this might be a surprise to to some, but I, I really like this pick. I really do. I, I talked about this last time, but the magic at the time they had a really nice young core that people forget about, but they were missing that point guard. I, last time I t- picked Marcus Smart, this time I'm taking Terry Rozier, another point guard of the Celtics. I'm They're not biased. The
1: same position.
0: A lineup. Well, well, they they don't have Marcus Smart in this scenario. These are these are alternate realities. Goodness. So, okay, but look at it. How, okay, a lineup of Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Oladipo, Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and Terry Rozier is a pretty good lineup. That doesn't sound too bad. And, and let's be clear. Let's be clear. Before you hate on Terry Rozier, he's always been a good player. He's always been a good player. He uh, He's averaging 20 right now in Charlotte where he's getting a ton of touches. But in Boston, let's not forget, he was backing up Isaiah Thomas, and then he backed up. Kyrie Irving, and he still averaged, like, I believe, around 14 points per game. But That's you know funny. what? You know what? If you don't like Terry Rozier, the Magic can go with Mario Hazonia like they originally did. I, I think he did dunk on Giannis once. That was cool. And if I remember correctly, I think he had a, a nasty block um, of a LeBron game winner, a potential game winner. So, the ma- you know, he's still on the board. He's still on my board right here. So the Magic, if if you don't like no. Terry Rozier, hey, hey, maybe wait, they
1: here we go. Here's the thing. Montrose Harrell, you want to talk about Terry Rozier? Terry Rozier has played more minutes than Montrose Harrell, but he's put up about 600 points less in his career. Obviously, Montrose Harrell wins the rebounding battle, but I don't. did you know that Montrose Harrell put up more points in his career than Terry Rozier by sig- in a
0: significant margin? I would believe it because Terry Rozier spent about four seasons on the Celtics playing behind Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving, who played... We, we can't
1: talk about backups. Montrezl Harrell has been a backup his whole career. Right, he's been a backup. Terry, but Terry, the... Terry Rozier plays more minutes. Yeah. Terry Rozier has over a thousand more minutes than Montrezl Harrell and 600 points
0: less. 600 points in the grand scheme of thing is, things is not a lot.
1: Yes, but when you're playing a thousand minutes more, now we're talking about something.
0: That's significant. I'm hey, it, in our in our perfect world where we could design our own teams, our own NBA teams, your team can have Mantras Harrell and my team can have Terry Rozier, and we'll and see my who wins. Win. And
1: my team would win. Anyway, let's move on to number six. Sacramento Willie colley Stein was the original pick, not the greatest, another not Kentucky worst, guy, but and number six, I take another big man, a better big man out of the University of Texas it is Miles Turner. He's been a solid big man. He actually leads the NBA in blocks right now. You know, a solid defensive player. So he fits. They took a big man. I know they had did they they still had uh, Boogie Cousins, but frankly, they just needed a good player. They could have used Miles Turner especially after they traded Boogie Cousins. So
0: he is my Six pick in yep. this region. We agree here. Kings, they take Miles Turner instead of Willie Cauley-Stein. They'd like that pick back. And at this point, I, I think the Kings knew they were ready to move on from DeMarcus Cousins. I think they traded him. Was it either that trade deadline or the next? He had one foot out the door. He was not happy. Um, so in 2015, that's why they selected Willie Cauley-Stein, hoping he'd be the, I don't want to say replacement, but kind of a replacement and so taking Miles Turner, um, is really their Cousins replacement for me, and Turner's not at all the offensive player that Cousins was, but he is a much better, like you pointed out, a much better defender. People are saying the defensive player of the year. I don't he shot blocking isn't exactly the same as being a defensive player that uh of the year caliber player. It's a little bit different, um. But but he's the best player left on my board, and. They were looking for a new center, so it all works out. Yeah,
1: I, I you know, I compared stats from Terry Rozier to Montrezl Harrell. Here's something interesting: Miles Turner has played over three hundred, or over, sorry, over three thousand more minutes than Montrez Harrell, and he has a hundred more points. Hmm. Three thousand more minutes. 100
0: more points. He's not a scorer. Montez hero. a great player. No, okay. All right, moving on to the seventh pick, the Nuggets. I have them picking not Emmanuel Moutier. I have them picking Kelly Oubre. And the Nuggets could have used wing depth in 2015. And honestly, they could probably use some wing depth right now. But who couldn't? I, I mean, we're looking at Small forward, power forward, shooting guard. Probably the most versatile and valuable type of player right now in the league outside of, like, a point forward. Um, You know, Kelly Oubre can provide a decent amount of offense. Hasn't been exactly the case with the Warriors this year. Um, He's pretty good on defense as well. He provides the energy off the bench that you like. He's been inconsistent this year. Hasn't been the case for his whole career, but I, I think the Nuggets wouldn't be asking him to be... a top five option on their team. So I think this kind of role would be a perfect fit for him.
1: Yeah, no, I I see that. I'm still confused why you're not picking Montrose Harrell yet. But, you know, we can pass on that. I'll take Terry Rozier here. It's finally time for him to come off the board. You know, they did pick a point guard of sorts, so they can pick one here. It makes sense. This draft class is getting weaker as we go along. It was weak at the top. I mean, Okafor, Hazonia, Willie Cauley-Stein, Moutier, Stanley Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, Justice Winslow, Trey Lyles. Those picks in the top 12 were not very good picks. Hey, that was a bunch of names.
0: Hazonia dunked on Giannis once.
1: You've said that, but that doesn't make me impressed with his career. Uh, overall, uh, it's... It's just it's time for Terry Rozier to come off the board. He's a nice point guard. He's having a good season in Charlotte. He's been good on Charlotte. He's not as good as you hype him up to be. You have a Celtics bias. Like every player that you pick from the Celtics, like they should go two rungs lower than they than you pick them. Which is where he
0: goes here. Well, hey, hey, you were complaining I had him at five, but you picked him right at seven. That's like nothing. No, that's my point. Two picks lower is where they deserve to go. All right, we'll write that down and we'll see next time.
1: That's true. What's next? 2016. Don't try that. Next time is not right,
0: because I know know who you're talking about next time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Moving on to the eighth pick, the Pistons. All right, I've got them picking Norman Powell, who fell all the way to 46, which is hard to believe. Um, I think they'd rather have him than Stanley Johnson. But the biggest problem with the Pistons is that they haven't been able to find that one player to build around. And I'm not saying Norman Powell is that guy. But drafting him would have would have given him something something to build around and and at least would have them trending in the right direction Powell can score the ball that's probably what he does best and that's what the Pistons have really needed the last five six years
1: yeah I mean uh, this is where I have a Kelly Oubre going off the board inconsistent is the best way to put it like you said you know he couldn't make a three to start the season but he's had some good games he was good last year in phoenix uh, it just it was phoenix right yeah Mm -hmm. it was phoenix yeah it just overall um you know it, it it's time for him to come off the board he's a super athletic guy so uh you know he can fit nicely on almost any team and this team included so it would be interesting to see what he could do at pick number eight for detroit obviously stanley johnson was not the right pick although he was good at arizona but on to number nine i have the charlotte hornets yep i guess they were hornets then selecting josh richardson you know he's just someone who can score he's a role player i think he has a nice fit there but i wouldn't say he's anything special but at this point in the draft, it's not about special. It's about finding a nice, solid player off the bench, and that's what he provides.
0: Yeah, he, I remember he had that really good season, that one season with the Heat, and then they kind of exchanged him for Jimmy Butler. Didn't go well Dad last knows. year for the 76ers. Now he's, he's on the Mavericks. I thought he'd be a better piece for them than he, he's turned out to be, but he's still a solid player. He's going to put up 12 points, give you some good defense. So I like that pick. I have the Hornets picking... My pick is better. I've got them taking Christian Wood, who went undrafted. First player who went undrafted off the board. I'm sure they'd rather have him than Frank Kaminsky. (laughs) Dude, hey, don't forget, Duke beat Frank Kaminsky in the championship game. Never forget that. All right, the Hornets needed... And they still need a center. So I think Wood is is the perfect fit here. But let's not forget, I don't want to be, you know, too premature. The last season was probably his first really okay season. He had a pretty good season last year. And this year he's only played 32 games, so we really don't have a great sample size. But he's got the talent, and I feel like we forget he's still, he's only 25 years old. So taking him all the way at nine could be a steal.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. He's my pick number 10, and you mentioned he was undrafted. Do you know the story about Christian Wood?
0: Yeah, his his girlfriend, I believe,
1: dumped him. Well, it's it's a little bit bigger than that so he was projected when he declared to be a mid first round pick because of worth work ethic problems which i'm not sure that accurate considering the fact that he just got a big contract and has been turned into a good player caused him to fall all the way out of the draft he bought a nice suite in las vegas expecting to get drafted that didn't happen unfortunately and his girlfriend left him right after the draft The joke's on her now. He just got paid $41 million over three seasons. So she's the one getting played, not him. Good for Christian Wood. Honestly, a very cool story, and he is my 10th pick. He makes it in the top 10, far from being undrafted. One of the best stories, frankly, in the
0: NBA right now. It's really unfortunate, but he's turned his career around, and he's he's proven to be a, a very, very good player, in the NBA, with a lot of years left in him, yeah, but my no, my tenth pick, the Heat. You're gonna love this pick. It's Montrezl Harrell. About time. Yep. Uh, so close to picking Justice Winslow. I'm kidding. Um, oh, so he, Lord. He, the the former Sixth Man of the Year, and and that's the role he plays best. A backup big. Emphasis on backup. Uh, and and that just so happens to be exactly what the Heat need. Ever since. The Whiteside days, the Heat have been relatively thin at the center position, and now that now that they've traded Myers Leonard and they've traded Kelly Olynyk, they're really thin now, and they could use a player like Harrell more than ever. So I like that fit. He's a good enough player to be a, a top ten pick, but I think five is way way too high for a player like Mantras Harrell. So it's
1: what these drafts do. The best players are only in the top three or four, and that's it. And yeah. that's why he goes number
0: five. Yep. But let's move on. Yeah, moving on to under the spotlight. This week we are going with Texas A&M, which might seem like a odd choice, but, I mean, they've got five players in the NBA. Just a few years ago, Texas A&M had some pretty formidable teams in college basketball. In 2016, they were a three seed, and they made it all the way to the Sweet 16 then in 2018 they were a 7 seed and again made it to the sweet 16 but they haven't reached that that same level uh they haven't reached that same level since and so I'll go through the list right here Texas A&M currently has five players in the NBA Alex Caruso fan favorite Daniel House DeAndre Jordan Chris Middleton and recent breakout Celtics big man Robert Williams give me your thoughts Eli the best player is Chris Middleton, right? I mean, we can agree on that. Don't, yeah. don't tell yep. me Robert nope. Williams. No, nope. it's not better. Robert Williams.
1: Uh, uh, this is a solid group. I mean, we've definitely seen better, especially we've seen teams that have a starting five. I would say this is not the better of the starting fives we've seen by far. Chris Middleton's a great player. He's an all-star player, caliber player. DeAndre Jordan is passed his prime, obviously. But you kind of just have a nice wide range of players because you know daniel house is a wing chris middleton i guess is a wing but you'll have two wings two bigs and a guard then you know they all add up to uh they all add up to
0: what turns into five players who play almost five different positions yeah you bring up the starting five i was thinking along the same lines we've we've seen better starting fives surprising starting fives it's like wow this this college could put out an NBA starting five that's that's a pretty good team that you'd like to have as a starting lineup but and, and this is not that team but it's still it would still be a pretty good starting lineup that I think would turn some heads you start I don't know start Alex Caruso I, Chris Middleton's a great facilitator <laughs> I don't want to start Alex Caruso at point guard but Chris Middleton's a great facilitator maybe run him at point forward then you got Alex Caruso at shooting guard Daniel House could be that that three and D player you like Robert Williams and DeAndre Jordan would kind of be a nightmare playing together, but I guess you could start Robert Williams. He can shoot it a little bit, not really a three-point shooter, but he's got a mid-range game. And then DeAndre Jordan um, has been severely demoted over the course of the season with the Nets, but you know he's still a uh, he's still an NBA player. He's still in the NBA, and he's he's getting up there in age. But one thing I did find interesting about Texas A and M was it, it's been a while since a player from their program's been drafted. The last one was Robert Williams in 2018, which doesn't seem that long ago, but when you look at it, it's been a decent amount of time, um, which is crazy to say 2018's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, in fact, what's even more interesting is they went six years without a single player being drafted. They they had Middleton in 2012, and then the next one was Robert Williams in 2018, which is just mind-boggling for for a program that's, it's fairly decent. I've had moments. Yeah. But uh, When I'll say this, you talk about starting five.
1: This is more of a bench five. I mean, they average 53 points (laughs) together, which is not good enough for
0: your starting five. Yeah.
1: But, and everyone's under 10 besides Chris Middleton, of course.
0: Yeah. And they're, what what were you saying? uh, I was just going to say, their players are definitely underrated going into the draft. I think only one of the, the five of these guys was drafted in the first round. And that was Williams. Who was, who fell all the way to 27. So he's, essentially a second-round pick. And then they've got two undrafted players, and then the other two are second-round picks. So, I mean, they're severely underrated heading into the draft, but, but looking at each of these guys' careers as of even just right now, I think it's safe to say that all of them, at the very least, deserve to be drafted.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that, at least in the second round. But certainly an interesting team. We shall move on. One final thing, it is, where'd he go? We each give each other three players. The other has to guess where they went to college. You're up by one, I believe, Sounds still. Right. Yep. but I have some hard ones. I will start. It is the brother-in-law to Stephen Curry, Ooh. but he did not go to the college that Steph went to. He is, went to a different school. His name is Damian Lee. Where Damn. did Damian Lee go? He actually went oh! to two schools. But you can guess either
0: one. I know this. I know this. Damian Lee. Wait, is he really the brother-in-law? Yeah. No way. Because they're on the same yeah. team, right? Yes, they are. But he's, he's a good player. He's a, pre- he's a pretty good player. Um, Damian Lee went to, I believe it was Louisville. That's correct. What's the other school, though? Drexler. Drexler. Interesting. Um, But, yes, he is married
1: to Steph Curry's sister. Wow. Again, the brother-in-law.
0: Interesting. All right, my first guy, Sterling Brown. Where would he go? Sterling Brown. I believe he's on the Rockets now. I think he was part of that trade. St- he, oh, did he get traded from the Bucks? Yes, I think he was. He was part of that. Um, was it PJ Tucker trade? Maybe. That would. That would know. be it. I don't know what year he was there, but I want. Was he? I, I know
1: what school he went to. Was he at the? Was he there? With, uh, I don't want to, with, who's the player on the Celtics right now? Shemi Ojale. Yes. Was yeah.
0: he there with Shemi you, you know, I wouldn't know much about SMU, but. But the answer but, is SMU. Yes, yeah. SMU. But, that is your correct answer. So, yeah, once you said that, I knew you knew it, so I, I gave it away. But, um, I okay, Shemi was picked in, I believe it was the same year as Jason Tatum. So that would be 2017.
1: So then, yes, they I would went believe. Uh, yeah, they,
0: they had to be. They, un- they went
1: to college. At some yeah, point. But, so, interesting. Yep, you got that one. My second one is Rondé Hollis
0: Jefferson. Ah. Huh. I watched him in college. Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I feel like I should know this, and I feel like he was kind of a star player. He was. And he's a good player in the NBA, and I couldn't believe that Nobody signed him until recently. He, okay, he was a star player. I don't think it was a really big program, but it, it, but it, it's a known program. Um, <clears throat> huh. I'm not sure I know this. I'm thinking East Coast. It's definitely not West Coast, and it's definitely not, like, in the middle of nowhere. It's definitely East Coast or South. Huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say. Um, gosh, I don't know. I have absolutely no clue. Um, let me throw out a, a random team. Um, I don't even know. Let's say, um, Creighton. I don't, no, that's not even Creighton. Cre-
1: Creighton is it? First in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I know. And I it's know. In the of the country. The answer is on the west coast. It's Arizona. Okay, it's well then, I, yeah, I definitely
0: was not gonna get that. Um, you got me there. All right, my next guy. I I thought one of us had said him before i went back and looked we did not the name is alfred payton did he go to college yes we're sure about that yes
1: i i've seen this one actually i know this one it's a small school it's in the south i know this one because i looked at him i almost chose him once i'm surprised we haven't chose him I don't know what it is. Is
0: it Troy? No, Troy is not a basketball school, but honestly, I'll go with Troy. Troy, Yeah, hey, that's a good guess. That's a, that's a pretty good guess. He went to Louisiana, not not LSU, not Louisiana Tech. He went to Louisiana.
1: Ah, uh, Louisiana Lafayette.
0: Yep, Louisiana Lafayette.
1: Well, there you go. I'm, 0, I'm one for two. You're one for two. And my last player, I think you should get this one. It's Kata Bates-Diop.
0: No clue. um Kata Bates-Diop. Do you even know who that is? He's, he played for the Spurs at one point. Is he still th- does. He still does. Okay. So I know that, that, that would have been hard enough to get a point for that alone. Uh, Kata Bates-Diop. No clue. I'm going to say Texas.
1: Nope. Middle of the country. Yes. He went to Ohio State.
0: I, I could have probably had 20 guesses, and that would have not been in there. Um, did, have I gotten one? Wait, yeah, I yes, got one. Yeah. One went, for three. One I for need three. this to tie. Gosh. Okay. This is a good one. James Ennis. Where'd he go? He had a good game uh, the other night. He's on the Magic, right? Yep.
1: But I have no idea where he went to college, I think. He's definitely a South from the South. I will go with Arkansas. He went
0: to Long Beach State. Oh, no way. Yeah. No chance. Nope. Well, one for two
1: for both of one for three for both of us. One and two of the record. You remain one up. We will be back next week. Take care. So long from Into the Fray.